have you had Domino's taco pizza? Because it is really good. <laughs> I don't eat Domino's. I wouldn't eat Domino's if it was literally not the only decent pizza place in this valley. Mm, I love Pizza Hut. Oh, see, we have a Pizza Hut and I don't like them. I used to like them because they had the little hut special topping things that they put on the crust and it made the crust like into fucking bomb pizza yeah we have it stick things we well, have it still well they just got rid of it i think oh because okay. you can't well, do it on the app anymore and, we don't order it anyway it's been yeah. quite a while but now we get uh barbecue sauce and mm. chicken and everyone's least favorite mushrooms i get them for me <laughs> they're my least favorite too oh, I, I love do them on pizza they're so slimy texture weird <laughs> but the barbecue chicken's really good barbecue chicken mushrooms even better but that barbecue. just sounds like a weird combination mushrooms and chicken and I barbecue sauce i just decided to do it one day and it was delicious like holy crap i could eat it all the time and I do because we get pizza <laughs> almost every single weekend now. Yeah, I probably get pizza once a week. It's a horrible, horrible thing. It's super expensive anymore and it's not even True. that good. Yeah, we uh, you used to do pizza Mondays because all of us hated cooking. And what better way to have a shitty ass Monday than to come home and eat pizza? But then we all started getting real fat. <laughs> and we were just eating way too much of it. And so we stopped. Also, you know how expensive it is. Uh, and now because of D&D, we're pretty much getting it every Saturday again. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we're back on that fun track to fatness. It's usually once a week when I have something I have to do like yeah. after work and I'm like, okay, I'm not cooking for you. <laughs> but surprisingly, not Thursdays when we play Fallout. Usually I do like McDonald's or something or I'll make something that's quick really, really quick. Yeah. Same. But usually it's some random day of the week where I have something I have to do. That's why I got it today because I was like, I have to research this episode I'm not making the kids dinner. They're going to have to entertain themselves. So, well, it worked. The barbecue chicken pizza is so good that I like drool thinking about it. So, I'm not complaining. I just know <laughs> that my body is complaining. Your body's like, fuck that, <laughs> but not let's eat it. Exactly. Okay. Are you ready? I do believe so. Okay. Let's do I it. think I have to sneeze or something. Okay, you can do that, you know, and then I'll cut it because I'll put the song over it. legend i'm sam i'm amy and we are a podcast about cryptids urban legends and the paranormal 
So today we are going to do pukwudgies. Do you know what pukwudgies are? No. Yes. No. Kind of. No-ish yes. So today we're going to have my sister be a guest because she lives with me and she can. No offense (laughs) to Sam's family who didn't get to actually come talk, but... What was that? (laughs) I think Lindsay just finished her book. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) All I heard was, what? It was perfect timing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Anyway, back in it. (laughs) I want that in. You could so hear that perfectly clear. What? I am not leaving that in. <laughs> uh, okay. But anyways, uh, she's going to be on the show because she kind of maybe possibly has an experience with a puck wedgie. Possibly. So we're going to get her a little input on it. And her little input is pretty much all I know about puck wedgies the little furry dude right so well let me explain it to you please because i got a lot (laughs) so in native american folklore puck wedgies are also known as makia wysug wow yeah did you look that one up no i just said that off the top of my head so i really hope that i'm right i hope so what if puck wedges isn't right what if it's actually like puke wedges well every video i ever saw they say puck wedges except for i did watch one video where it was like a very like amateur very i mean like backwoods south speaking like guy and he did say pugwuggies. Pugwuggy. Oh, that's cute. The whole time. Sounds so. like they're babies or something. Yeah, but everybody else said pugwuggies. So, <laughs> uh, the Makiawaisug translates into whippoorwill moccasins. Do you know what a whippoorwill is? I've definitely heard it before, but no, yeah. I have no idea. It's a bird. It's a type uh, of bird, and they have like a really distinct like uh, call, really loud call. So it translates into whippoorwill moccasins. So bird shoes, um, bird snakes. <laughs> yeah, or that bird snakes. Yeah, <laughs> and so, or it translates into little people. Okay. I mean, I guess it doesn't really translate into little people, but it can be used interchangeably with little people. Okay. Um, a pukwudgie, which can also be spelled P-U-K-W-D-W-U-D-J-I-E, or pukwudgenini, <laughs> <laughs> which is translated by Henry Schoolcraft as little wild man of the woods that vanishes but i've also found on several sources that it translates to person of the wilderness so mowgli looking at mowgli okay either translation seems fitting i think oh and henry rose schoolcraft was an american geographer geologist and ethnologist 
he was noted for his early studies of Native American cultures, as well as ugh, I cannot talk today, as well as his 1832 expedition to the source of the Mississippi River. Nice. What is the source of the Mississippi River? You would have to ask Henry Schoolcraft. Because <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> I didn't look any further into him. Mm, darn it. So according to a thought catalog article, puck wedgies resemble humans, except they're a lot smaller. They have a canine-like nose. They have bigger ears, bigger lips, and fingers. They have smooth gray skin that sometimes glows. Uh-huh. Apparently, they look very similar to European gremlins. I didn't know Europe had their own gremlins. I was just, I was, <laughs> was literally going to say, which I had no idea there was a European gremlin. Are they the are ones apparently. in the movie or are those American gremlins? I'm going to say American since it was here but i have no idea well i mean they could have been imported from asia yeah the guy was asian so maybe 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 asia has their own gremlins maybe we all have our own i bet you (laughs) um but just because they look like gremlins doesn't mean they don't smell pretty because apparently they have a very sweet floral scent oh how sweet (laughs) (laughs) they also claim that puck wedgies are the oldest mythical creature in North America. That's just from Thought Catalog. I found that nowhere else, so just maybe. <laughs> uh, in Legends, they live in the rocks of Mohegan Hill, and the call of the Whippoorwill signals their arrival after nightfall. They apparently have rules of etiquette. If you see one, you're not supposed to look at them directly. They think <laughs> it's rude. Mm. Uh, if they see you staring, they will point a finger at you, which <laughs> seems to make you freeze in place, and then they'll steal your shit. Mm. Which finger? Um, I have no idea, but <laughs> from their attitude, probably their middle. <laughs> um, also, you're not allowed to speak to them in the summer. Oh. Because apparently they're super busy in the summer and they don't have time for that. Okay, make all your appointments in the winter. Yes, but in return for your kindness, um, well, I mean, I guess in turn for the Native Americans' kindness, they taught the Mohican people how to grow corn and use healing plants. Um, they keep the earth healthy, and they will grant favors to those who follow their rules. That is super nice of them. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh in some stories, they can shapeshift into animals, turn invisible, or just straight up disappear. They can confuse people and or make them forgetful. They can also punish people, quote unquote, by staring at them. Although it doesn't go into specifics on how exactly you're punished. I punish people by staring at them. Yeah, Ask so I was going to say they have resting bitch face or, you know, some <laughs> very stern look. It's a look mothers give their kids. Yeah. Or wives the give their them. husbands. Oh, yeah. that I think that one. Um, <laughs> so they also lure people to their death. They use magic. They launch poison arrows. And they create fire. Cool. So the puck wedgies can look and behave differently depending on the tribe. To the Chippewa and other Great Lake tribes, the puck wedgie is considered mischievous 
but basically good-natured creatures that play harmless tricks on people. In the Abenaki and other Northeast Algonquian tribes, the Pukwudgies can be dangerous, but only to people who mistreat or disrespect them. In Wampanoag and other tribes of southern New England, they are unpredictable and dangerous. And a lot of the stories I'm going to tell with them are from the Wampanoags. So one of the legends goes, which is Wampanoag, after the English set settlers, that's right. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. After the English settlers came the mohegan forgot about the puckwedgies maybe you were thinking setters like the dog. i think so i think <laughs> that's literally woof in my head um so after the english settlers came the mohegan forgot about the puckwedgies because of this many mohegans and makia wysug felt ill there was a medicine woman and one night there was a terrible storm and she heard the call of the whippoorwill. She looked outside. She didn't see the bird, but she saw what looked like a boy standing in the rain at her doorstep. So she went outside and it ended up being a puckwudgie named Wegan. He told her that she needed to go with him because someone was very ill and needed help. So they walked through the woods in the storm for a long time. And then suddenly the storm, storm stopped and they descended into the ground into like a beehive-shaped chamber of rocks. Inside, there was an old, powerful medicine woman named Granny Squanet. Aw, Granny Squanet. <laughs> Granny Squanet. She was very, very sick. And it said that her being sick was, was what caused the storms. Because she's a very, like, powerful medicine woman. Um... So the medicine woman that Wegan had brought to treat Granny Squanet um, treated her for, quote, nearly a moon, end quote, and Granny Squanet got better. And because she healed her, the Pukwudgies gave her gifts to remember them. She was blindfolded and then taken back home. Speaking of, it didn't say anything about them blindfolding her while they were taking her there. <laughs> so I don't know if that matters. It is to be assumed. Yes. Um, so in her gift basket, I guess, she got quartz herbs and painted skins. All right. Okay, so Granny Squanet is the wife of one of their culture heroes. And according to Astonishing Legends, he's a god. And his name is Mouseshop. And supposedly uh, Pukwudgies are their enemies. Which I do not understand because Granny Squana, it seems, is a Pukwudgie. So I'm not entirely sure. That does but, seem very weird. But yeah, Mousop and Granny Squana, they're married. Um, and Mousop was a giant who created Cape Cod. He is also strongly associated with whales. And he ate a lot of whales uh yeah hungry he's man a, he's a, well he is a giant okay hungry um, giant <laughs> it said that before the european settlers came to america he lived with the wampanoag on cape cod and on martha's vineyard he decided to settle down on martha's vineyard he liked to sit on top of a hill near <laughs> near a town called gay head <laughs> he 
ate whale meat <laughs> and to cook the meat he would rip out trees from the ground and use them to start a fire it said that there are hardly any trees left in the town of Gayhead because of it to catch the whales uh Maushop would throw stones into the water to step on and they say that is how the rocks between cuddy hunk and the mainland called the devil's bridge came into existence okay all of these names yes <laughs> gay head cut a hunk cutty hunk oh cutty hunk cutty hunk and it's one word cut a hunk i'm a cut a hunk <laughs> <laughs> um but in the wampanoag stories it said that puck wedgies were responsible for mouse shop's death uh, mouse shop was very loved by the natives and the puck wedgies were jealous of this it said that one time the Puckwudgies were behaving so badly that Mousehop had to collect as many of them as he could, and he flung them from, from New England to the Great Lakes and even to Delaware. Um, Mousehop believed that spreading them apart from each other would lessen the harm they were causing to humans. After this, Mousehop and Squanet took a sabbatical, uh, content that they had solved the problem. However, none of the Puckwudgies were harmed and they made their way back to their home. They were so pissed uh, that they took vengeance by kidnapping the local children, burning villages, and killing the Wampanoag. Mousetop became aware of this, but wasn't ready to return home, apparently. So he sent his five sons to help deal with the problem. But apparently the Puckwudgies tricked all five of his sons. Uh, they caught them and then killed them all. Uh, so Mousetop and Squanet were so angry that they attacked and killed as many Puckwudgies as they could. But they didn't kill them all. And apparently, according to some stories, a group of them got together and killed Mousetop. Wow. The- this is intense. Yeah. <laughs> they should make a movie out of it. I know. Well, there is a children's book about it <laughs> of course there's i don't i don't i can't say it's specifically about this but it, i think it is about uh mouse shop and the puckwidgies so i don't know if it's this specific scenario but i do know it's about mouse shop and the puckwidgies so the astonishing legends article states quote it is interesting to note that after this story takes place mouse shop largely disappears from the uh wampanoag mythos end quote so there's no more mouse shop Mm. they drowned him (laughs) yeah yeah i guess i mean he was really gone (laughs) um so from the same thought catalog article i mentioned earlier they state that puckwudgies are often found in areas with lots of other forms of paranormal activity uh they say that they've been sighted near fall river which is close to lizzie borden's home and who we will definitely be covering covering later sweet um (laughs) they've also been sighted near moundville state penitentiary which is claimed to be haunted interestingly uh they've also been sighted in indiana in round rock texas where bigfoot supposedly lives and i mean that kind of makes sense to me actually because they seem like forest creatures kind of like bigfoot so yeah, except Bigfoot lives on the West Coast, uh, the Pacific Northwest. Just like all them serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He actually <laughs> was a serial killer. 
Gotcha. He just grew a lot of fur and moved into the woods. Is that why they're, that they're so hard to spot? Because mm-hmm. he was just killed his whole race. Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> um, so they've also been spotted at the Bridgewater Triangle, um, which makes the most sense to me because that's in Massachusetts. Do you know what the Bridgewater Triangle is? No idea. Not one single idea. I, I assume it is a bridge over water in a triangle. Nope. But it is probably my very, 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 very favoritist thing, like concerning everything that we love. It is my very favorite and we will be covering it hopefully soon because it is my favorite. So I don't want to really go into too much detail about it because I'm going to cover it. So here's like a little brief overview so it's an area of about 200 square miles within southeastern Massachusetts. Shouldn't it be By the triangle way, it's also- miles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> that went over my head for a second. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Triangle miles. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm slow. Oh, but I just wish people what- could see your face. <laughs> <laughs> I you don't. Like, yeah and then you thought about it. <laughs> um oh but what i was gonna say is the bridgewater triangle is pretty much why i want to live in massachusetts um so anyways it's a 200 triangle mile within <laughs> southeastern massachusetts that has a lot of paranormal phenomena and i mean literally anything you can think of so like I said, I'm saving that for another episode. Is but Salem Papua in- Juice- Salem? Yeah. I don't think so. Mm. Um, I took a picture, or not took a picture, but I sent you a picture of the map of the towns. And no, I know for sure Salem's not in it, but I can't think of. Sorry. I know one is Freetown, I think, and Raynham. And then I can't think of the third one, but it's not Salem. Um, But they're there has been a ton that face was funny there's oh. been a ton of uh sightings of puck wedgies at the bridgewater triangle which makes the most sense to me <laughs> are you okay i was trying so Did hard you? to get the uh lip gloss stuff because my face <laughs> is very dry and i was trying not to bump the microphone <laughs> There has been so many sightings of puck wedgies in the Bridgewater Triangle that um, the Freetown State Forest actually erected a puck wedgie crossing sign. (laughs) I know, it's so cute. Um, And I bring up the Bridgewater Triangle also because arguably one of the most famous sightings of a puck wedgie happened here. A man by the name of Bill Russo, who, according to his own mini biography that he made on IMDb, um, states that he was a New England newspaper editor, a disc jockey, a radio news writer, and newscaster for a number of stations, an iron worker, and a low-level manager for a major retail clothing store. Wow, that is intense. And he lived in Raynham, Massachusetts. And he only lived a few hundred yards from the Hockamock Swamp, which is in the Bridgewater Triangle. 
So for six years, he worked a shift from three in the afternoon until midnight. And then when he would get home, he habitually took his dog, Samantha, um, <laughs> who was a Rottweiler German Shepherd mix. Oh, beautiful. Uh, I know. For a walk. That's why I added it in there. We had to know what kind. My friend has um, one of those cutest dog ever. Their little <laughs> butt and just shakes. Anyway. <laughs> so um, it said that in 1995, during one of these walks, they changed their usual route towards the center of town and cut through a backyard and headed into the woods near the swamp towards an old dam. Samantha pulled him into an area that he calls the High Trees, which is a name given by that neighborhood to a plot of land about 50 feet wide that runs from Boston to Providence. It has a bunch of electrical transmission wires, um, 50 foot pine trees that border it and thick brush in the middle. So when they had gone about half a mile, Samantha began pulling on the leash and getting riled up. So apparently she was shaking. Her hair was standing on end. She started whining and she kept looking at Bill. He tried to pull her leash, but she was like frozen in place. In an article written by Bill himself, he says this about Samantha's character, quote, when my two teenage sons would occasionally have a disagreement that was threatening to get violent. Sam would jump off the couch where she had been resting and get right between the pair. She'd sort them out with about five seconds worth of barks and growls. They'd quiet down and go their separate ways. She didn't bite them, but just put the fear of dog in them. There's no doubt that Sam was as brave as they come. And that's how I know what the little foot. So throughout his article, he refers to the Pukwudgies as little foot. That's pretty cute. Um, But that is a dinosaur. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought, too. Um, oh, so he was saying that's how he knew that, you know, the Pukwudgie thing was very dangerous. So he says that when he, um, that's when he heard a sound and it was faint at first, but he said it became unmistakable. He heard a voice calling out Iwachu, it said, it said Iwachu, Iwachu, Kier, Kier, Iwachu. Bill says, quote, it's pitch intensifying like the siren of a speeding fire truck, end quote, and getting closer to them. So Bill said he couldn't see anything. There was a street light about 20 feet ahead of him, and the lamp cast a circle of light on the pavement in front of him. And then he said, quote, into the circle walked a hairy creature about three to four feet tall, which probably weighed 100 pounds, end quote. The creature just kept saying, I want you, repeatedly. And then it started to motion with its arms like it was trying to ask Bill to come closer. The creature was bipedal and much smaller than him. So Bill said its eyes were too large for its head, like the eyes of an owl. He also described it as having a pot belly. Um, he also says that the creature, quote, was covered in coarse, unkempt hair, that was about five or six inches long, end quote. He also said that it had a chip monkey face. Um, and also, I'm not sure how he could tell, but he <laughs> says that it looked to be in the young stages of old age. Okay. That's interesting. He doesn't specify how he could tell that, but that's what he says. <clears throat> what are the young stages of old age? Is that like middle the age? 40s? 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like Don't the 40s the and 50s? 50s. We're almost 40. That is not. I, I mean, we're not almost 40, but that is not old age. Old age is like between like. But he said it's the young stages of old age. age. Okay, so maybe around 60. You're still working. You haven't retired yet. Um, You should be retired at 60. Just saying. You can't be retired at 60 I anymore. Know, I know. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's bullshit. You should be retired. You should be, but you can't be. That's such shit. Anyway. <laughs> You don't want to have a whole podcast about what is considered middle age, old age, young, old age. Oh, I was just going to skip my quote unquote liberal politics talk. (laughs) 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 But we can talk about middle age if you want to. I'm going with 55. Okay. Middle age. Yes. I would say 50 ish. There you go. Is that, is that young no stages of old age no middle age is when you have your second wind and you're like i want to be a teenager again and you go and buy a car that you shouldn't i thought that was your i guess that's your midlife crisis right your middle age midlife but there you go i i still think 60 is younger older age because you can start to get uh senior discounts around 55 so 65 it depends yeah mcdonald's i think will give you the senior drinks and stuff at 55 Ooh, my dad probably does not like that oh <laughs> my mom and dad got their first uh 50 or their first uh discount where were we like ihop or something or something similar to ihop they were very excited about it they were excited <laughs> i would be the exact opposite they I'd got like, to get you. food off of the senior meal <laughs> that's so funny see my dad is like that but with his military discount like everywhere yeah, well that's we cheating you know my dad should have a military discount everywhere he goes but i don't think he actually like utilizes it he does that's do not cheating they do they went they i know did badass things <laughs> well, to get that military some discount. people <laughs> my dad awesome. drove a truck and uh stayed in a really hot tent in honduras yeah, he deserves this military discount. <laughs> well, he doesn't use it. Veterans Day, he will go get a free steak from Applebee's. What? Applebee's? I'm joining the military right now. <laughs> I want my goddamn free steak. Actually, I just guess I have to go to my dad's house to get a free steak. <laughs> yeah, I think he's got you covered. Any, Instead of... Anyhow, let's... Oh. <laughs> We're getting way off track and this is already a big episode. <laughs> anyway... Uh, I lost my place. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Bill said that he thought it must be a kid that wandered out into the night. And he thought that he had to help him. So he kept asking it. Are you okay? Do you need help? Do you know where your house is? But the creature wouldn't answer him. Um, to this day, Bill still doesn't know exactly what he saw. But he says in a quote, uh, if I had been Darwin or Dr. Livingston, I would have walked to the thing and would have made a great discovery and would have written a new chapter in human history. But I was just a weak, frightened man who slinked away and lost a chance to catalog an entirely new species. I am ashamed to admit that I walked away. End quote. He said that when he got home, he sat up all night thinking about what the creature could have been trying to say to him. 
He didn't think it was threatening him. In his article, he says he thinks the creature was saying, come here, we want you. He also says that if it would have tried to answer him, he pretty, he pretty, nope, he probably would have gotten closer to it. So it sounds like he would have gone to that thing. And I mean, we don't know for (laughs) sure if it was a puck wedgie or not, but if anything like a puck wedgie, um, well, if anything is like how they say a puck wedgie is, I would not go to it. (laughs) I wouldn't have walked to it. I would have gone running in the opposite direction. And just any strange creature telling you to come here, like, fuck you. No. No. Sorry. I my curiosity would get the best of me, I'm sure. Nope, I would have been like peace. <laughs> Maybe I would have tried to snap a picture from that far away. But this was what 1995 or some shit, and probably didn't have you know probably didn't anything take on his him. camera for a dog walk. But if it were nowadays, and I saw that, I would not go to it. But I would take lots of pictures of it and then run away. So. There's also another reported sighting of a woman named Joan walking her dog, Sid, in the Freetown State Forest in April of uh, 1993 or 1994. The date's unclear. They were walking down the path and her dog also became anxious like Samantha and ran off the path into the woods. Joan went after him and when she found him, he was lying down. About 10 feet away, there was some sort of creature standing on a rock. She says he was, quote, two feet high with pale gray skin. So same as Bill um, and hair on his arms and on the top of his head, end quote. He didn't seem to be wearing clothes. He also (laughs) had a distended stomach that hung down over his waist and almost touched his knees. (laughs) That's pretty. Uh, She said his eyes were green. That it had large lips and an elongated canine-like nose. She said the creature stood perfectly still with no emotion on its face. After a minute, the dog got up and dragged her back to the path. So that is like your typical puckwudgie. I mean, other than the like distended stomach. But everything (laughs) else is like straight up how they describe puckwudgies. So then there was a man named Tim who also apparently saw a puck wedgie and he says he saw a puck wedgie twice. He said that one time a ball of light guided him more than 30 feet off the path he was walking and into a heavily wooded area. Once he got there, he turned around to go back to the path because he got scared. And that's when he saw a two feet tall humanoid creature coming towards him. (laughs) Tim ran away, which honestly me too, bro. Um, (laughs) A few years after that, he was waiting for his friend in a parking lot close to the same forest, and he he said he saw the same small creature standing there, like, at the edge of the parking lot watching him. He says that when um, his car revved by itself, the radio got louder, and he said he left the parking lot and went home, and when he got home, he could not stop shaking. That's interesting. So they have electronic powers? I don't know. According to (laughs) Tim, they do. (laughs) Okay. I haven't heard that anywhere else, but they do have like powers. I think they, they describe them. Yeah. It was using magic Mm -hmm. earlier. So maybe. 
um i watched a video on youtube called chasing legends where they went to massachusetts to find a puck wedgie nash the lead investigator on the case talks to a local boston folklorian as he calls himself (laughs) uh named john horrigan he says that personally he doesn't believe that there are puck wedgies in massachusetts He says that there are a lot of evil spirits, though, and he says that what he thinks the sightings could be. Oh, that's what he thinks the sightings could be are evil spirits. Um, While they're talking, they are standing near the Hockamock Swamp in the Bridgewater Triangle. Uh, He does go into the history of them and says that according to people, the Hockamock Swamp is where they tend to be sighted. But then he says, and I quote, but don't hold your breath. Nash interviews another person named Paul Eno or Eno. I'm not sure. Um, But he's a paranormal researcher. And he tells a story about how he and his son, Ben, came out to Hockamock Swamp in the Bridgewater Triangle on July 30th, 2010. And they felt like they were being watched. He said he took out his camera to catch whatever it was, and he took a few photos. And so I didn't quite get, he went into some like really technical stuff about why these photos are weird. So he showed the photos. Um, They're like, so they're pictures into the foliage, like of the forest. Mm -hmm. And like in a little section, like in the middle, you can see pink like flesh colored tones and he says that like in lots of technical lingo or whatever (laughs) he says that that's not you shouldn't see that like in the forest unless there is a person you know or or something with flesh Mm. so there's two photos he took they just look like little like round I don't know. It it does. I could see it like someone's arm or something like hiding back behind there. But you can't make out like anything else. So um, essentially he thinks he caught photos of puck wedgies because there shouldn't be flesh colors in the photos. Okay. He also tells a similar story to Bill Russo's. <clears throat> where a friend of his and his dog were walking in the woods and they saw a small humanoid creature that was smirking at them and so they ran away. (laughs) So Chasing Legends does their own investigation in the Freetown Forest. They do their search in the dark with night vision cameras. They're also using uh, thermal cameras and they don't find literally anything at all. Mm. Sounds about right. Yeah, it was (laughs) disappointing. Um, So puck wedgies are referenced quite a bit throughout history and even today. One example of this is their mention in a Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's epic poem called The Song of Hiawatha. After reading schoolcraft stories of, oh, I should have looked up how to say this, (laughs) Ojibwe, Ojibwe folklore. Sure, we'll go with it. <laughs> he uh, feathered them in the chapter. He feathered them? <laughs> yeah, you know, he tickled them with I, feathers. I have no idea what I was trying to say. 
Anyway, the death of Quasind is what the poem is called. And it begins with far and wide among the nations spread the name and fame of Quasind. No man dared to strive with Quasind. No man could c- compete with Quasind, but the mischievous Pukwudgies, they and en- the envious, I think it's supposed to say thy, I don't know. Oh, they, the envious little people. I don't know why I'm having such a hard time reading. <laughs> they, the fairies and the pygmies plotted and conspired against him. And the last thing I want to say is they're also a part of Harry Potter, which I thought would be a fun fact to add since Lindsay is going to be our guest and she loves Harry Potter. <laughs> um. So in Harry Potter, they have been identified by J.K. Rowling as magical creatures in the Harry Potter universe. In a description on Pottermore, Rowling describes the creatures as follows. The Pukwudgie is also native to America, a short, gray-faced, large-eared creature distantly related to the European goblin, fiercely independent, tricky, and not over-fond of humankind, whether magical or mundane. It possessed its own powerful oh it possesses its own powerful magic puckwudgies hunt with deadly poisonous arrows and enjoy playing tricks on humans um end quote so puckwudgie is a symbol and name of one of the houses in the ilvermorny school of witchcraft which mm-hmm. i guess is the american school yep me and Lindsay talked about this <laughs> <laughs> and it's said to represent the heart of a wizard in favor of the healers so Rowling's use of the Pukwudgie in other indigenous lore uh, got her criticized for cultural appropriation and colonialism. So just FYI. Mm. That's exciting. That's it. <clears throat> <laughs> That's it. <clears throat> I know I was holding it back. I was like, I could feel it. <sighs> All right. Let me get Lindsay in here. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Sam. All right. So tell us your Pukwudgie story. Okay. So I think I was probably about seven or eight. When when did we move out of that house? When I was a senior. So you were Was 10-ish. this the blue house? Like with the pool and everything? Was it blue? It was not blue. It, it had green white. carpet. It had though. green carpet. Yeah. Oh, maybe that was it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I think it's blue, but was it that house though with the pool yeah. where we saved the frogs? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was essentially the the double wide that was like actually in the ground though with a basement. It's it had oh. a basement? Yeah, it had a basement. Yeah. We hid from tornadoes down there. There was a fucking it? bathroom down there that was the grossest thing in the entire universe. Really gross. Rental properties. So we didn't I don't think touch I anything ever we went down to. there. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, sorry. Okay, so I I think it was probably around like, I don't know, six, seven ish range. And I, we were going to bed, everyone was going to bed. Amy was probably just somewhere in her room being a moody teenager. Um, (laughs) True. um, And I don't remember why, but I remember that I was really into warm milk at the time of this and so I was going to bed and I remember asking my mother before she officially like went to bed and went 
down the hallway to get me a glass of warm milk. And she came to my door and she was like, okay, I'll go get you your warm milk, whatever. And the moment she walked away, there was just this weird figure and it was probably about like two, two and a half feet tall. It was covered in like spiky looking fur. I know it had a face and I could see its eyes, but I cannot remember what the face looked like. I do remember though that it was evil looking. So it definitely freaked me out, but I think I was just like too stunned to be like, screaming you know that would scare the shit out of me (laughs) oh yeah I was definitely I think I was just like frozen and so I didn't really react very much but then the moment my mom came back she had turned off the light and I just it it was gone and she brought me the milk she turned on the hallway light again it was there again and then she turned it back off to go down the hallway and I never saw it again well, where was it going? It just disappeared. It didn't, oh, well. it didn't really move. It just like stood there in the freaking hallway in the doorway, staring at me and glaring. I mean, that makes sense. They are able to disappear. According to some legends, they're able to disappear and reappear. So was this in the summer or the winter? <laughs> <laughs> no, apparently you're not supposed to look at them in the summer or talk to them. Did you talk yeah, to it? I did not. Rude. I was completely okay. frozen. So you but were, were you staring at it though? I yeah. was completely staring at it. It doesn't like that either. Oh, okay. It doesn't like it. No. It's rude. Yeah. You're but I mean, you're fine now. It's so. life. That's why it's left. Cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really sketchy though. And out of every single thing, because like, I know that my brain made up so many dumb things about that house, but out of every single thing that I ever even like slightly remember, that is the one thing that I swear up and down actually happened. And almost every single person that knows me that has been in my life for more than a year knows that story. So, (laughs) okay. Well, now tell us why, how you figured out it was possibly a puck, which yes. So I, this is is the funny. I didn't even think to ask. It's so funny. (laughs) It's so weird. So I had never like thought about, you know, it being a cryptid or a monster. That's like legit, you know, I was just like, Oh, well I just saw this weird paranormal thing is what I always assumed. And I was like, it was just a giant spiky, evil looking fluff ball that I thought wanted to kill me in that moment. And, um, I guess I, I don't remember what brought it up. I think someone asked if we like believed in cryptids. It was because Sam and I were starting this podcast. And so me, you and Josh were all talking about like cryptids. And like, I asked you if you had ever seen one and, uh, we went over like the beam of monster for me. And then that's right. Yes. So we started talking about it and I was like, well, the only thing like weird that's ever like really happened to me that I actually believe happened. And I told them the whole story, whatever. And literally like, was it the next day? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The next day, Josh is all into podcasts. He listens to a ton of podcasts. And he, while I was taking my lunch break at work, he was like, bro. I was like, what? He texted me. I was like, what? And he was like, I think I figured out what you saw in the hallway. I was like, what are you talking about? And he sent me this picture of a puckwudgie. And it literally, if you Google (laughs) puckwudgie, 
and you, which I have, yes, <laughs> it is like the very first picture that pops up. So it's like that kind of like sketched out picture. I that actually has like- know exactly which one you're talking about. <laughs> yes. And I did not send that one to Amy. So I will send that one yes. to you in yes. a separate email. Um, yeah. So he sent me that and I was like, holy, I forgot. I had drawn, drawn <laughs> in quotes, um, a very rough sketch of what my description was of the puck wedgie when I was describing it to them. It fits so well. Obviously I drew it in like three seconds, but it is the exact same thing it is spiky. Damn. It has weird, like almost like horn looking things. He looks evil as heck. He has a knife in his hand. I did not see a knife, but if I would have, <laughs> I would have died. um but then I saw like the description saying that they can disappear and appear at will and stuff like that and it looked exactly Mm -hmm. exactly like what I saw and it said that children can see them a lot of times and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing and I was like holy shit I actually have an explanation you guess the height and everything no yeah well I remember the height of it because I remember it was like probably a foot or half a foot above a like vent on the wall see this is how vividly I remember this there was a vent you're a smart kid because I would not have been like it is this high to the vent I would have been like fuck that thing well I just I just remember it being like that length above the vent and I know that vent was probably like a foot so I knew it was about two three feet ish it was definitely shorter than me at the time so yeah I'd probably say I was like six or seven but yeah it freaked it freaked me out so bad but it's so weird that Josh sent me exactly what I think it was the day I know Josh for the win (laughs) yeah he's he said that he was just listening to some podcasts and that they had like described something that kind of sounded like what I was talking about and so he looked it up and he was like this is literally what Lindsay drew it was creepy it was weird and then seriously insane and then she texts me and sends it to me and I'm like holy shit (laughs) yep yeah. So now I weird. I was like in my brain, I was like, I think this definitely happened. Like, I don't think I imagined it or concocted it as a child. But then whenever I saw the drawing, I was like, oh shit, there's actually like lore and like <laughs> stories behind exactly what I saw. So mm-hmm. that's like confirmed I've been it even validated. More. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it was not just one of the monsters I made up to torture her. Yeah. See, those are the ones that I, I remember, but very, very vaguely because I never actually saw them. I just dreamed about them. Like the toilet monster. You're <laughs> such a sweet sister. I just remember asshole. coming over one day and there was literally a hairless naked Barbie hanging <laughs> from a door frame. Uh, don't forget about like, it wrapped what? in duct tape. Yeah. It had a gum like, wrapper skirt too. Some of them had fake blood on them. Yeah. I remember there was Sharpie all oh, over yeah. it. Sharpie everywhere. Yep. And I was like, what is that? And you're like, oh, I do it to my sister. <laughs> and I was like. Amy had me okay. so traumatized back then that I also vividly remember a dream that I had um, that I was sitting in my bedroom at that house and all of a sudden the ground started shaking and I thought it was an earthquake which I never experienced an earthquake as a like, <laughs> an earthquake six in Missouri. Girl. Yeah, right. 
I thought it was an earthquake. And I remember in my dream, I looked out the window and Amy was leading a march of demons and monsters <laughs> holding hand with an evil looking giant. And they were she just would. marching down our street. And she looked demented and she like pointed directly <laughs> at me with all these monsters. I'm like, okay, my sister's a demon. <laughs> Man, it I thought was you were highly so possible cute back when then. you were little. Lindsay, you were, yeah, she was all Britney Spears and she would always come and hang out with us near the Britney pool. Britney Spears. I was adorable. Yeah, Britney Spears. I mean, you were kind of sometimes when you I thought she was crying. super cute. <laughs> well, when you weren't making her cry, <laughs> yeah, she cried for other reasons too. <laughs> Have you ever told, oh, Sam was there when you drug me across the floor at yes, grandma's she house? Was. Yes. She mm-hmm. knows how evil I am. Yeah. was i haven't dragged you across any floors in a while <laughs> i also haven't lied to any children about monsters but jamie and val host? should probably watch out <laughs> at least they're potty trained so the toilet monster won't get them that's true <laughs> i'm glad you weren't around for that part <laughs> well actually you i was were, for you jamie really good yeah i was yeah. gonna say you were good universe hold that to jamie. no i am a much more mature person now see i don't remember thinking that the toilet was a monster but i definitely know the stories of mom telling me that i yeah because mom was pissed about that oh yeah yeah yeah. that's not very nice i know stunt my potty draining (laughs) we can get into um all the other random lies that i told people when i was younger (laughs) later (laughs) But anyway, well, thank you for uh, telling your story to us. You are very welcome. That's the only story I've got. So, well, so <laughs> we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> Never again will Lindsay be on the podcast. Peace. <laughs> All right. So, I did not really believe in Pukwudgies. I didn't really. I don't know. I don't know why. But (laughs) however, your sister's story that lines up literally perfectly without her knowing anything about them whatsoever, that's convinced me. I am now 100% a believer (laughs) in witches. I just, I just can't imagine that. Like, it was so weird the day. Like, we literally talked about it, like, around the time me and you started talking about doing this podcast and getting things rolling and everything and then the next day josh is just listening to his random ass podcast and (laughs) is like holy fuck that's exactly what she saw and it's just like how insane is that and that is seriously crazy so let us know what you think about puck wedgies and also if you have any stories about Puckwudgies or seeing Puckwudgies, also let us know because we would like to do um, like a listener's episode. You can really send anything you want, a paranormal story, cryptid story, Puckwudgie story, whatever, urban legend story from your hometown, whatever. You can send that to us. You can send it to uh, our email at thisislegendpod at gmail.com. Our website, thisislegendpod.com. We also have Instagram and Facebook. That is thisislegendpod. 
and we are open to everything on those. Well, not everything. All of your stories. <laughs> don't send us creepy DMs. Don't do that. Yeah. And we don't, I mean, we'll, we'll feel for you if you want to tell us about your breakup or something, but don't necessarily <laughs> vibe with what we want to put out as content. Well, currently, you know, we don't get that much interaction since we're so new. So go, go for it. Tell us your life story. I mean, honestly, I'd listen. We're not that busy. No. Actually, I'm really busy. We're so both extremely busy. <laughs> yeah. I'll, um. So maybe not. But oh, but we're you know, for you. sometimes we lay in bed staring at the phone. So True. That would be. If I can't sleep. Yeah. If you got some real drama, you let us know. I could be like the dear Abby thing. <laughs> I mean, we between the two of us, we probably got enough experience with a lot of shit. Yeah, we could, that that is very we could true. Give some good advice. Possibly, no, we're pretty solid. Decent advice. <laughs> <laughs> so keep it spooky, classy, and sassy. But most of all, keep it legendary. Tootaloo. Peace out. <laughs>